So when I was growing up, uh, I believed that there were two different kinds of people in the world. Uh, I thought, first of all, there were people that do things, that take action, that make decisions that are important, that influence all of us. And then there are the people that watch and wait and kind of hope for the best. And the first group of people, the people that do things, the doers, you know, they seem to live far away. Uh, they seem to be people with money and they seem to have better hair. Um, and, you know, everyone else I knew was pretty much part of the second category. People that were, you know, hoping things would, would work out. So by the time I was in my mid-twenties, uh, I dropped out of college and I was working, I was working a job, kind of a paper-pushing job with piles of papers and data entry. I consider it a temp job gone bad um, because I got hired and I was really, um, I was happy that I had a job, but it wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. So this one day, I was walking during my break outside and I saw a poster and it was a poster that said, you know, march against police brutality. There had been a shooting a couple of months before. And I immediately saw this poster and I thought, I should be at this. This is important. And then almost immediately after, I had this other feeling that it was like, you're not going to go to that. You're not an activist. What are you thinking? So as I was thinking about this, I, I remembered something that happened years before when I was in college. And it had been right after the Rodney King verdict, during the LA uprising. Um, it was all over the news. And I was here in Portland, but I remember that there had been a march downtown. And I decided I should go to this. And again, I wasn't an activist. In college, it seems like the activists were people that asked for money and told you what to do, and I didn't want to be one of those people. So I, I went to this, this rally, and afterwards people were sort of, um, they decided they would, they would march, they would go to the federal building. And um, we started walking, there was maybe 200 of us, and as we were walking, the police started lining the streets and it started to get really tense. And at some point, they told us to disperse and um, they came through the crowd and everyone was getting jumbled. And I remember getting pushed up against a wall with a horse, a police horse right there. And I was really shaken up. I didn't know anybody else that was there. I went back to the dorm to my friends and they had seen it all on TV and they said, um, I guess it had said that it was this radical splinter march that had happened that the police had to subdue. And I remember they thought it was really funny that I'd been part of this. They thought it was just hysterical. And I was I was just so shaken up and I felt so embarrassed and kind of humiliated by this experience that I, I just put, put the story away. Um, I didn't think about it anymore. So anyway, when I saw this poster, I remembered this. And it occurred to me that I was afraid. That was what I was feeling. And uh, that kind of pissed me off a little bit. So within a couple of days, I heard on the radio uh, that there was uh, going to be a nonviolence training. And people were starting to organize um, for the World Trade Organization protest up in Seattle. This was in 1999. And I had no plans of going. Um, but I understood it was this um, unelected group of people that make 
all the economic policies that affect all of us. But I thought, well, maybe I should go and get some skills, because if this happens again with the police and the horses, I want to know what to do. So it was a beautiful sunny day, uh, and I was walking. The training was only about maybe 10 blocks from my house. And I got about halfway there, and I thought, this is crazy. Why am I going to this? Um, it's a beautiful day. I'm not going to go to Seattle. I should just turn around. So I turned around and I started walking back. And I got to the curb and I thought, okay, you said you were gonna go, just, just go. It's only five more blocks, it won't kill you. I can be there a half hour and I can come back and go home and get on with my day. So I made it to the training and there were you know, maybe 80 people who I didn't know. Um, and um, I felt really self-conscious. I felt like um, I shouldn't have showered that day. I felt like I stood out a little bit. <laughs> presentation and I, I, I was impressed and after about a half hour I looked at my watch and it seemed like it was a good time to go and people were moving around they were starting to do some interactive stuff I didn't want to do that so I got my backpack and I turned around and I was about to leave and there was a very tall man uh, with white hair kind of uh, wiry hair and he saw me about to leave and he said hey do you want to come over here and try this and what they were doing is they were rooting themselves into the ground um, and sort of clumping down and, and practicing so that nobody could move you if you were going to be moved. So I felt like I'd been caught. So I said, okay, this will take like five seconds. <laughs> um, so I got down, I kind of hunkered down, and two of them tried to lift me up, and they weren't able to do it. So four of them came, and there was four people all around me, and they were all, all trying to lift me up. And four people couldn't do it. And I thought, I'm good at this. Suddenly, there was this group of eight people who'd never met each other before. We'd all showed up that day. And pretty soon, we started making plans to go up to Seattle for this <coughs> protest. And I was very concerned about taking time off work. I, it was a bad time. And I finally realized I could take a day, maybe two days off, to come back by train. Um, and I didn't tell anybody where I was going. So. Um, we went up to Seattle, and um, so the morning, the morning of the protest, it was dark and it was raining, and I walked, we all walked down the hill to downtown, and it was all sorts of people, it was people from all over the world, not just from, not just from Seattle, not just from Portland or the United States, um, and they were cheering us, not just eight of us, but all of the people that were, were heading downtown. And we got to this intersection, and we made these two circles in the intersection, an inner circle and an outer circle. And in the middle, there was a mural, and it was a mural of this seed. And there were these artists that were painting it. 
Um, and it was really incredible. It had like a big split in it and it had uh, shoots coming up and roots going down. And they were painting it um, as, we, as we stayed in this circle. And we thought, I thought, you know, we could last probably 20 minutes, you know, and then we'll probably be cleared out. Um, didn't think that it would really last that long. And, you know, a half hour passed and an hour passed and there were more and more people and pretty soon you could see that every single intersection, um, there were spoken word and there was dance parties over here and then there were people with puppets. And it was just this amazing feeling and this amazing festival. And I thought, I never thought I could I would experience anything like that in my lifetime. Um, it was, it just opened up this possibility I'd never considered before. So at some point during the day, we got the news that the, the <coughs> delegates had not been able to get to the, um, to where they needed to go. And so we'd shut down the WTO. And it was getting to be dark and, uh, We'd heard that the mayor had declared a state of emergency, so everyone going downtown the next day was automatically going to be arrested. And people were milling around trying to figure out what to do. And I hadn't slept, and I hadn't really eaten. Um, and I was just feeling really disoriented. Um, it was almost like I just felt this crack, like something split. And I, the ground was sort of moving underneath me. I had to sit down. I was feeling pretty dizzy. My friends waited for me as they were trying to fig figure out what to do. So um, they decided they were going to go back the next day. And I knew I had to go back to work the next day. And so very painfully, I said goodbye to my friends. And I went back to where I was staying. And they stayed downtown, uh, closer to downtown. The next morning, I woke up to catch my train, and I turned on the news because I wanted to see what was happening. And as soon as I turned on the screen, there they were. They were my friends. I, they were un, you know, immediately recognizable in the rain, and they were getting their hands behind their back, and they were getting put onto buses. And I thought, I can't believe I'm not there with them. So I went back to Portland, and but something really changed in me that day. It was like there was a split that happened, that like um, things were not going to be the same after that point. Um, it was like a seed splitting, and I wasn't able to stay at my job. I, I, within a year, I had left my job, and within a year, I'd also had to leave my relationship. And I started this, this path to where I am now. And I feel like there on the street of Seattle is really where something began that led me to the work I'm doing now. So 13 years later, um, I'm an activist and I'm a theater artist. And my work is the work of creating spaces for people to take action in their own lives so that they're not just spectators, but they're people taking action. They're doers, they're actors. Because I believe and I learned in this experience that we're all capable of taking action. That's something that belongs to all of us. So I'm no longer an observer, but I'm someone that is taking action in the world. Mm -hmm.